Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Welcome to Treasures of Truth podcast. Brother Jeremy here. I want to go to the book of John today, John's Gospel, chapter number 13. And uh, deal with a subject that I believe will be a help to all of us. I want to deal with the subject today, the unknown ways of God. The unknown ways of God. In verse number um, 6, you find Simon Peter asking the Lord, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest uh, knowest not now but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And Peter looked at him and said, Don't just wash my feet, but wash my hands too. And I'm interested in verse number 7, where Jesus said this, and this is in reference to him washing the disciples' feet, but there's a principle here. He said, What I do Thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. What I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Now, let's talk about foot washing for just a moment. Foot washing is symbolic. Uh, The Bible says in verse number 10, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit or everywhere else. And ye are clean, but not all. So what he was doing by washing feet, uh, they didn't understand because Calvary had not taken place yet. They would understand later on, but they didn't understand at the time. And foot washing that Jesus did was symbolic. It was symbolic of a twofold cleansing. And here's got to understand the manners and customs of the Bible to, to understand why Jesus washed their feet. When a Jew took a bath, there were public baths, and they would have to leave the public bath and walk home. Anybody out there ever stayed in a campground, and you you, you slept in a tent, and then in the evening you'd run up to the bathhouse and you'd take a bath, and you know that by the time you get back, you've walked through the the dew-filled grass, and your feet are wet, and your shoes are wet. Well, if you could imagine a Jew— coming from a bathhouse who has on a pair of sandals with bare feet underneath it, and he's walking on the road that is dusty, his feet are moist, well, they're going to pick up dirt, and his feet, by the time he gets home, they're going to be dirty. He's been cleansed, his whole body's been cleansed, but his feet are dirty when he gets home. That's what Jesus is teaching here, that the blood of Calvary cleanses forever the damnation of sin but a believer needs to cleanse his defilement of sin because we're still walking in this world. We're not home yet, children. Keep your eyes on the Savior. So we've been cleansed. We've been to the bath of Calvary, but we're still walking in this world, and therefore we need to sanctify ourselves and cleanse our feet, our walk. Foot washing, what it really teaches is eternal security. Only one bath for the damnation of sin, but you have to take many cleansings and foot washings for the defilement of sin. 
Now, our text speaks volumes more than just the context uh, uh, on foot washing. But, but, but it's true concerning all that the Lord does. There are some things that we will not understand when they happen, after they happen, and perhaps until we get to heaven. He said, what I do, thou knowest not now. Y'all don't understand this right now. That's what Jesus was saying. What I'm doing, y'all don't, y'all don't get this. It's not registering. Your mind can't comprehend this. But you'll know it soon. You'll know it hereafter. You'll know it after I'm crucified is what he's referring to. Here's what the Bible said in the book of Acts chapter 1. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. John 16, 12 says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. See, there's a lot of things we don't understand that God does, just like this washing of the feet. He said, you don't understand this right now, but you will hereafter. And there's a lot of things that we don't understand in the present that God is doing or God has allowed, but we will understand it hereafter. One of my favorite verses is Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then there's, a verses, of, there's verses of Scripture in Romans Chapter number 11, verse 33. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Who hath known the mind of the Lord? So it's clear in Scripture that there are some things we are not going to understand about God and about God's will and work. God is going to do some things that are leave you puzzled. God is going to do some things and allow some things that's going to leave you troubled. And Jesus said to these men, he said, what I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Now, let's look at just a few thoughts, and we may go a couple podcasts on this, and if that's if it works out that way, it's fine. If not, this will be the only one. But I want to think on that, the unknown ways of God. Number one, there's a lot we can't understand. Have you ever asked the question, Lord, what are you doing in my life? Why did this happen? I don't understand this circumstance. I don't understand this trial. After 26 years of pastoring, after being in a pastor's home all of my life, and seeing so many different situations, I'm just telling you, there's a lot of things I don't understand. I, there's a lot of things I look at, and I, 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 and by the way, I'm not alone. There, in the Word of God, there were people that didn't understand. And so I could think I could give example after example right now of, of things I don't understand, loved ones that have suffered, uh, good men of God that have, have, have went through fiery trials and, uh, you know, doing everything they could to serve God, and then all of a sudden the bottom falls out. I don't understand that. I don't understand uh, the suffering of a child. 
I know that the root of all of our problems and all of our trials is sin. I understand that. That's the generality of it. But you know it it hurts sometimes when someone's being faithful, when someone's tithing, when someone is uh, doing their best to live for God and doing their best to, to serve God and be a witness. And then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose in their life. I don't understand that. And you don't either, if you'd be honest. Just a few months ago, one of our dear ladies in the church walked out of a Wednesday night service and a car swerved into the parking lot, hit her, sent her flying over 40 feet, busted her body all to pieces. Uh, she's still trying to recuperate. She's at church every service now, and we're thankful for that, but she's got a walker, and she's got wound vacs, and her legs are still healing. And her I mean, I don't understand that. I don't understand why a person who's serving the Lord, uh, that happens. But we'll we'll see it hereafter. Loved ones that suffer, children that suffer, uh, Christians that suffer. Uh, there's a lot of things like that that puzzle our mind. And if you're not careful, the devil will plant seeds of bitterness that will grow in your heart. Did you know it's been almost 30, let me think, it's been 34 years uh, 33 years, almost 34 years, my brother had an accident and uh, was paralyzed from his uh, little above his waist down, about his chest down. And I was 14 years old when that happened. That morning when we found that out, I didn't understand it then, and I still don't understand it today. I don't understand those things. And we could all speak up and tell of things that happened in our life that puzzle us and fill our mind with questions. Why do the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer? There's a good one that the psalmist asked. Why do some get saved after hearing the gospel one time and others die lost after hearing it hundreds of times? Why are some of God's children led through the sunshine and on top of the mountains and in fruitful fields and victories while other folks that are saved barely make it? go through storms, walk through valleys, walk through deserts, have to deal with defeat. There were Bible characters that didn't understand the things God was doing. You remember Elijah over there under the juniper tree? He wasn't understanding what God was doing. He was questioning. Jonah was questioning. John the Baptist in prison had questions in his mind. The Apostle Paul three times went and asked the Lord about the thorn in the flesh. And they were all serving God, but yet could not understand what God was doing. There's a lot we can't understand. Let me say this. Number two, our lack of understanding does not prevent the effectiveness of our Lord's work. Just because we may not understand does not mean that God is hindered. Oh, that ought to help somebody. Just because we don't understand doesn't mean that God can't accomplish what he's seeking to do. See, Peter didn't understand what Jesus was doing when he washed his feet, but the Lord washed them just as clean whether Peter understood it or not. He didn't wait for Peter to understand. Like a mama that's washing her child, uh, that baby cries and that baby struggles. But the mother doesn't wait for the baby to understand. She just gets the baby clean. That's the way the Lord works. That's the way the Lord works. Even though we may not understand, he's working and doing 
what we need. Let me ask you this. Does the, does the tree understand when it gets pruned? Does the land understand when it gets plowed? No, they don't. But the, the pruning and the plowing produce good results. Does a, does a patient have to understand how the medicine and the operation works for a cure? No, they trust the doctor. A fool can eat a meal and be satisfied just as much as a professor can eat and be satisfied that knows the process of digestion. You don't, I, don't, I don't have to understand how my body works and all the digestive uh, process to be able to uh, eat a good meal and, and, and enjoy and be satisfied. And there's some things we don't understand, but they still work. I don't understand fire to get warm. I don't have to understand light so that I can see. I don't have to understand acoustics so that I can hear or engines so I can drive. You don't want me working on your car engine. Yet I'll go out in my truck here in a few moments, crank it up and head up the road. Why? Because I don't have to understand how God works for it to work. What a blessing. And here's the third truth I want to give you. One day we will be informed. One day we will understand. He said, what I do, thou knowest not now. And that's where you're at today. You're in the now. But thou shalt know hereafter. And to get through the now, remember the hereafter. We're going to have it revealed. Now, I, I could give you some good news right here. There's some things that you'll know in this life. That I've got biblical proof of that. Uh, there's people that went through trials that saw it come back around before they died. Before they ever got to heaven, they understood. How about Joseph? Remember, Joseph lived for God. His brothers hated him. They sold him into slavery. They lied to their father. And he went to the pit and went to the prison and uh, went to Potiphar's house and finally wound up in the palace. No doubt in those years of the pit and the prison and Potiphar's house, he had years of wondering, I don't believe God is in this. What's God doing? Lord, I've just tried to serve you. I've tried to lift your name up. I've been blameless. But Joseph stayed with God even when he didn't understand. And one day he looked over the horizon, and there were his brothers, and they were coming to Egypt, and they were hungry and looking for bread. And we know that great verse, Genesis 50, verse 20. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. Joseph saw it come back in his lifetime. What about Job? Job, that man that feared God and eschewed evil, sacrificed daily. Chapters 1 and 2 of Job, he lost everything. The enemy came and killed and stole oxen and mules and killed servants. Fire burned up his sheep and servants. Chaldeans stole camels, killed servants. Wind destroyed his house, killed his children. And Job was smitten with bulls from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. And he could have said, I don't believe God is in all this. But he stayed with God. You know what he said? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And Job 42, 12, it came back around. It came full circle in his life. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning. And there's other examples. Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus had died. They could have said, I don't believe God's in this. But they stayed with God. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. They saw it come back. I, I, there's so many others that we could look at. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. 
God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And there's some things that we may see in this life, like those that we just talked about, but it may take the next life. It may take, take the next life. That old song that we've sang so many times, farther along, we'll understand it. Farther along, we'll know why. Cheer up, my brother, live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all by and by. I'm telling you, God's ways are not our ways. Jesus said, what I do, thou knowest not now. And if you're living in that now part right now, let me encourage you, there will be a hereafter. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. I want you to do something today. I want you to go out and be salt and light. Go out today and make a difference. The world is so dirty and so dark, and it needs you to illuminate it and purify it. If you're listening to this in the evening, why don't you plan on purpose? Tomorrow, I'm going to get up. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to get filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to go out and make a difference in the world. And until the next Treasures of Truth podcast, God bless you.